live from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This is J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery. Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Hi, how are you? This is Jamie Rodriguez, your host of this and every episode of J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. And how is everybody doing? Happy spirits here in Nashville, Tennessee, because the mask mandate is officially off. And, uh, you know, it's been a trip and it looks like we're getting out of the weeds on this. Live music is back. Sweaty people close to your back, hugging strangers, all that stuff that you may or may not want to partake is coming back. But we thank you all for your support. If you're new to the show, we welcome you to J-Rod Concerts family. And today's uh, guests, ladies and gentlemen, honored really because they are music industry legends. I don't say that lightly. Uh, we are talking about Susan Nadler and Evelyn Shriver. They are um, they have a, a podcast now called Shady Ladies of Music City. But they really were pioneers in the music industry, especially in Nashville. You know, in the 1980s, obviously, and, and very dominated by men. It still is, but they broke ground. They were the first women ever to helm a major Nashville record label, talking about Asylum Records. You know, and they they always demanded a seat uh, at the table that was largely made up of men. You know, they catapulted the careers of legendary artists like Randy Travis, Tammy Wynette. They smoked weed with Willie Nelson. They were named the honorary pallbearers at George Jones' funeral. So obviously we're talking about music royalty here, guys, and we are so honored that Susan and Evelyn have joined our show. We hope you enjoy it. And check out their podcast because it's really phenomenal stuff. It's called The Shady Ladies of Music City. It's a tell-all podcast recorded and produced here in Nashville. And it's, uh, you know, it's they talk about uh, all their amazing history here in Music City. So check that out. Uh, if you're new to the show, we kindly ask you to leave us a review, give us a rating. That kind of stuff, you know, bumps us up in the algorithm a lot and it helps us going, keeps us motivated. So we thank you in advance for that. And without further ado, this is the Shady Ladies, Evelyn Schreiber and Susan Nadler on J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. Wonderful. This is our first Zoom call. It's very exciting. You know, the honor is all mine, ladies. What an honor to have you guys. Thank you for making this the first uh, Zoom call. You guys are royalty here in Nashville. I've been here five months, and the mark that you've left in this town is uh, is very consequential. So it's an absolute honor to have you here, uh, Evelyn. Well, thank you. That's very nice of you. Are you here in Nashville or in I, Florida? I am. I am. We've been in Nashville in, in the Gulch since December. Uh, you know, so we're newbies to the town that you know so well. Where did you live before? In Florida, in South Florida. I lived in Coconut Grove for many years. There you go. There you and go. Susan yeah. lived in Key West. <laughs> <laughs> yes. For a long time. She sure did. Ladies, so let me, you know, first introduce you to my audience. You know, of course, you guys make history as the first female executives to lead a major country music label in Nashville with Asylum Records in 1998. Uh, decades working in publicity management, and now you guys host a fantastic, a fantastic a podcast, um, the Shady Ladies of Music City, where you guys just talk about all your amazing experiences. You've had some great guests like Martina McBride, Raul Malo of the Mavericks. You know, just uh, congratulations, ladies. You're pioneers, and it's a great honor to have you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. I appreciate that. 
Well, are you a fan of the Mavericks? Yeah, absolutely. We love the yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We love Raul and, and his music, and we enjoyed that episode very, very much. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Great. he's talent. I think that he's one of the best singers in this town. I think I he's agree. one of the best singers in the country. Forget the town, probably in the <laughs> world. I mean, he can sing anything and sound incredible. When yeah. he did our Spanish albums, when we had him uh, do it for Band of Records, he ended up having to sing a lot of it, and <laughs> it was. You know, it was amazing that he could sing anything. Yeah. No. Yeah, he really. Mm -hmm. We did a Spanish record for uh, families called uh, Concienario de la Familia. And uh, Raul was going to do it for us. And, you know, we thought we'd have all these kids singing it, too. And it was, uh, you know, old Spanish songs from all the different cultures. We went to every... Uh, Spanish culture. Well, I can see you, Evelyn. We went to every Spanish culture uh, and got songs. So we couldn't find any children to sing it. So Raul had to sing the whole thing. <laughs> with his family. <laughs> yeah, That's with a great his, story. His sister sang also. That's a great story. Absolutely. I have to tell you, though, Evelyn, you know, because you say, yeah, in the world, I have to tell you, you know, the, the talent that in Nashville is unlike I've, anything I've ever seen in my life. You know, I've traveled all over. I've seen quite a few things. It seems like everybody here is at another level. I've never seen anything like it, ladies. I, well, that's kind of true. You know, sometimes we tend to get jaded, you know, because everybody puts country music down so much. Hmm. But when you really think about, you know, the singers and the songwriters and the musicians and, you know, the incredible diversity, even though there's not a lot of diversity right now in the music, I'm talking about musically, there used to be so many stylists and I think it'll come around, but I do agree with you that the talent level at Nash in Nashville is extraordinary. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Evelyn. So, so actually let's, let's start with that. let's pivot there to you know one of the thing one of the things that you've broken ground and that, that you've done is of course you know you've broken so many glass barriers for women and all that stuff uh so let's start there evelyn like where do we stand with the quality in the music industry today you know in april may 2021 well i'm not really that active in the music industry anymore so i don't really know that much about what's going on i do see that there's been a tremendous influx of people from other cities, which is really good. And right. um, there's thousands of women. I don't even know who any of them are, but you know, they seem to, I went to some uh, women's organization kind of meeting about a year ago, well, before the pandemic. Sure. And there were probably 200 women there and they were all young and excited and happy to be in the business. I don't know what the hell they do in the business, yeah. but there were a lot of them and, uh, and I see a lot of women now in management and a lot of executive mm -hmm. levels that didn't exist. There was a time, you know, when there were a lot of women in power like Donna Hilly and Connie Bradley and Frances Preston and all right. of that, but it seemed to have been done in a more subtle way. Now there are just a lot of strong women kind of taking their place. Yeah. Well, what about you, Susan? What do you think? Working at labels and they never were responsible for the music that came out. And that was always reserved for the men. And so the men always, you know, and the promotion staff, which is always male, at mostly, and they always pick the songs that came out. But I think you're talking about now, there's a lot of people that have moved here. I haven't really seen a lot in the uh, Latin, uh, 
in the Latin way of Raul or the Mavericks or anything. I haven't heard a lot of Latin music coming out of here, but I know that there's hip hop coming out of here. And I know that there is uh, R&B coming out of here, but we just don't hear it that much. Yeah. Absolutely. Evelyn, and, you know, we were just talking about the level of talent here in Nashville, you know, uh, I mean, the way you guys meet, I mean, I mean, Evelyn, you were representing Randy Travis and Susan, you were Tammy Wynette and all this stuff. When do you guys know, like, that there was something special, like, with, with the talents that you guys saw, you know, because everything, everyone, it seems to be, you know, all things being equal, what makes the, the talents, like, stick out? What the it factor, the X factor? The voice. The voice. The Tammy had a voice unlike anybody else's. Uh, she had what they call the tear in her voice. Mm -hmm. And uh, the same with George Jones, the same with Laurie Morgan. If you listen today, Carrie Underwood has an, an extraordinary voice. And right. Miranda Lampert also has a great voice. It's just a different type of voice. So it's mainly the voice. I don't think in country music, it has to do so much with the way that people look. And it has to do with the songs. And Nashville is definitely a city of poets. We have a lot of great writers here. Yes. And songwriter community is very, very strong. And it always has been. And uh, I think that's, you know, it's the voice and the song and how they present it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Evelyn, and, you know, Evelyn, I'm curious about, like, what do you think about, you know, the fact that, like, now everyone has access to every song in the world in their pocket like in spotify and apple music does this blow you away a little bit evelyn like the way technology is kind of like accelerating with music it does blow me away and truthfully it totally confuses me because I'm, i'm not of that generation that i understand it so much but i think it's an amazing thing that you know the entire catalog of the world almost is at your fingertips. Like, you know, if you know how to find it and it's pretty easy to find apparently. Um, I think it's a great thing. I mean, it's a different way of, of um, buying music, I guess. You know, people don't sell as many records, but maybe I think many more people are listening to the music than uh, bought it to begin with. So, and everybody's getting compensated pretty much nowadays. They've kind of, you know, smoothed out the rough edges that most record companies were terrified of. Yeah. You know, now they get to make a lot of money. They don't really have to do much. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And guys, I know you guys have talked about this incessantly, but, you know, for my audience that may not know the classic story, the way you guys met. So, Susan, let, let me take you there. You're representing Randy Travis and, um, and, and, and uh, Evelyn. I'm sorry, Evelyn was representing Sus uh, Randy Travis and you were Tammy Winnett. When you guys met, uh, did you immediately know that you, like, was there like a mutual, like, friendship, love at first sight kind of thing? Or, like, what was, like, that chemistry? I met Evelyn and I thought, gosh, I knew that she was really smart. I knew that she was from New York. And right. I thought she was Jewish. So I thought, great, you know, somebody Jewish here in town. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to be friendly with her. And truthfully, I pursued the friendship. Gotcha. What do you what do you think, Evelyn? Were you like, why is this lady pursuing me so much? No, I was really happy because Susan was very smart. Susan had, you know, traveled all over the world. You know, she had a much more similar background to me than most of the people that I met in Nashville in those days. Sure. You know, it was a very, very small town then. And, you know, 
even, you know, the women that I spoke of before, you know, that were in power positions, these were not, you know, like well-traveled people that had really experienced a lot other than in Asheville, you know, or the United States. So Susan, you know, was smart. She was funny. She was, you know, brassy almost, you know, in the sense that so many people played the shrinking violet in Nashville because it was sort of the Southern female way. And there was, you know, Susan right in your face. So, you know, I responded equally to her. I just, you know, I was new in town and I hadn't, you know, met that many people. I had worked Randy, I think the first year almost out right. of New York. So uh, I was happy to make a friend. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that story, guys. And let me talk a little bit about the genesis of you guys individually. Susan, of course, you know, before becoming a music executive icon, you've, you've always been a music fan, like to the bone. That's like your first love, Susan. Tell us yeah. about the first time you saw Bob Dylan and Joan Vice in concert. And just kind of like, what do you remember feeling that day and like how it kind of changed your soul forever? Well, they played at a venue in Pittsburgh, which is where I was from, called the Syria which was one of those beautiful theaters built like the Fox Theater. Uh, the Fox is in uh, Atlanta. And I, I don't remember where the other Fox is, but the Syria Moss was beautiful. And I had bought a Bob Dylan record and a Jambayaz record. And, you know, of course, my parents were like, how can you listen to this? You know, this guy can't sing. But, you know, <laughs> had a message. And uh, I went to the Syrian mosque and saw them. And back then, you know, nobody had any backdrops or anything. And there was no production. It was just Bob Dylan. And then Joan Baez came out. And it was very moving to me because, of, you know, he was singing whatever he was singing was always very impactful. And uh, the audience loved them. I can tell you that much. The audience loved them. And it was probably in the 60s and everyone, the 60s was just beginning and he was singing, you know, uh, the times they are changing and hey, Mr. Tambourine Man. And well, he didn't sing that, the birds did. But all the songs that he sang and it, it was really an impactful event and it changed me because I had always listened to R&B and I loved R&B, the Temptations, the Marvelettes, the Miracles. All yeah. of them. and when I heard Bob Dylan, I thought, you know, I love this guy, even though he has, doesn't have a voice, he has a terrible voice. So it changed me, you know. I think that I became part of the 60s movement when I heard Bob Dylan and Joan Baez. Unbelievable. And and you've changed the music industry, so you know, that's another thing that they've affected, uh, you know, indirectly. And uh, Evelyn, let me ask you about this. You know, you had a great career in New York, of course. You know, you work with actors like Cary Grant, Betty Davis, Joan Crawford, you know, with Cher, Diana Ross, and so on and so forth. When you came back, when you came to, to Nashville and, you know, when you started working with Randy Travis, but what, how was that shift like, Evelyn? I mean, you know, from that hustle and bustle and that buzz of New York and working with, you know, this types of like talent, uh, to kind of like more mellow Nashville back then. How was that transition like for you? I wanted that transition, which is why we, you know, moved back. You know, New York, I had a great one bedroom apartment. Yeah. <laughs> and on the Upper West Side on 76th and West End. And 
to get an extra bedroom was going to cost me like another $2,000 a month, right. you know, basically because of the realities of the rent situations there. And I'm talking about because I was only paying about $400 a month. <laughs> so, you know, to try to get, and I wanted a washer and dryer in my, you know, own environment. I didn't want to have to schlep down to the laundromat. Sure, and sure. I wanted to barbecue at my house. And so those are the things that, you know, really made me want to leave New York. And I didn't want to move to Los Angeles. I knew a lot of people in L.A., but everybody I knew were multimillionaires. And I thought, you know, it's, I'm just going to constantly be jealous of what everybody else has if I go to Los Angeles, because the only people I knew were celebrities and people that were making, you know, ungodly amounts of money. And I thought Nashville could be a nice place. And so, you know, we moved here and it was an adjustment because in New York, everything is so fast paced. Now, my husband is, is basically a nicer person than I am, you know, in terms of dealing with people. And we'd be in the supermarket and in New York, you just kind of ignore the cashier and it's all, you know, very quick. You get your money, you get your stuff, you, you know, and you're out. Yeah. But in Nashville, they talk to you, the cashiers. And oh, say, yeah. Well, how are you? Are you having a good day? And, and my husband says, you, you said to me, you have to be nicer. You have to answer people <laughs> and thank them. And, you know, it was funny, but it was true. You know, it was like learning to put the brakes on it, that you had to treat people differently. And I was, you know, happy to do that. I was happy to, you know, hit a slower pace. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we'll talk about the podcast in just a second, guys. Of course, the Shady Ladies of Music City available wherever you listen to your podcast. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal podcast. But Susan, let me ask you about your, your writing, because you're a hell of a writer. You, you know, you've talked about writing and you've, you've write, written several books. Uh, and okay. in fact, it was during the press tour for a book that you made. Liz Thee says, who had a great PR company called Network Inc. And you ended up working in PR. Was it hard at all uh, to kind of like let go of writing at that point and go, you know, pursue a little bit of a career in PR? Or like, were you like, you know, no, ready for I apologized. <laughs> I didn't, I had never worked a fax machine. I had no idea how business ran. You know, I was a writer and I also had a popcorn stand in Key West. You know, right. not are uh, huge business enterprises, although we made a lot of money at the popcorn stand. Uh, so when I first got into the music business with Liz working, uh, she was working the uh, Benson and Hedges blues tour. And so mm. I, she sent me to Atlanta and St. Louis to deal with all these incredible blues legends, Bobby Blue Bland, B.B. King, uh, Albert Collins, Albert King, Ray Charles, they were all doing shows and I was supposed to media train them, which means explain to them that they had to try to work in Benson and Hedges and whatever they said. Right. So, you know, I had to media train the, the phenomenal keyboardist Pine Top Perkins and I had to try to tell them to put Benson and Hedges blues in. So I was very artist oriented. That was my main thing. And so I uh, got along great with all the artists. Yeah. 
I mean, obviously, yeah, you're, I mean, you guys are amazing people. Absolutely. Evelyn, let me ask you about when you and Susan kind of signed George Jones there for a second and you helped him release, you know, the Grammy, you know, winning Cold Hard Truth. And what's the story of signing George Jones? How did you guys meet him and then working with him and developing to like, you know, the, the artist that he eventually became? Well, I originally met George, you know, through Randy Travis since he was, you know, a huge fan of George's. And then through Tammy, and you know, I'd run into George a lot, uh, you know, my first couple of years in Nashville. In fact, I won Publicist of the Year one year and George presented uh, the award to me. And basically, you know, I talked to Nancy Jones, his wife a lot, and they didn't want to have to pay me. Hmm. They wanted me to represent them, but they didn't want to have to pay for it. Her feeling being, that I was always gonna say no, because George didn't like to do interviews. So why should they pay me to say no? I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> and you know, after a couple of years of explaining that that was very time consuming, right. um, they, you know, hired me on to do the publicity. And so I, you know, I represented George as a PR, you know, uh, agent for, you know, I'd say, well, many years. I don't really remember how many years. And then when we uh, took the asylum job, that was the first thing that we wanted to do was to sign George and to sign Tammy. And unfortunately, Tammy died, you know, the night we took over. But, you know, we did sign George and we were all very happy. And in fact, um, he bought a boat and he called it Evelyn's Asylum. <laughs> and that was very nice of him. Uh, so it was a great relationship and, you know, we made an, an absolutely phenomenal album with the Cold Heart Truth. So we were very proud of that. Unfortunately, George was in an accident and then 9-11 happened, you know, the week we released the album. Yeah. So we had a lot of bad things going for us, but, you know, it all worked out in the end. Sure, sure. Uh, Susan, let's uh, talk to me about the, the podcast. It's been a huge success. People love it. You know, everyone is catching on and, it, and the stories are phenomenal. How did the idea come from? Where, where, where did you sit down with Evelyn and, and like, were you like, Ev, like, we have so much to tell, like, this is the new medium. How did it come about? Well, truthfully, the head of Monument Records and the manager that, run, that owns Sandbox Entertainment, Jason Owen, was a friend of mine. Right. I him from Luke Lewis, uh, who was the head of Universal and also had, uh, uh, what was the name of the label he had? Lost Highway. What? Lost, Lost Highway. He had, uh, I used to see Jason all the time at Luke and Lawrence and mm. he heard a lot of my stories. And when he took over Monument Records, he said to me, you know, I've always wanted you to do something. He tried to use me in a, uh, little uh, uh, story DMT with uh, Leanne Womack. That didn't work out. But uh, he said, I want you to do a podcast. And I think maybe you and Evelyn should do it together. And you could tell your stories. So I was told I had never listened to a podcast. So I was, you know, kind of unclear. I didn't realize there was no video because my thing was, I don't want to be on video like we are here so uh, uh you guys look beautiful thank you <laughs> i uh went to evelyn and told her that jason wanted a podcast and then we started working out the details but jason is a very creative and smart executive and it was his idea 
Gotcha. 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 And, and Evelyn, were you like on board from, from the first minute? Well, no, you know, I considered it because over the years, you know, particularly when reality TV came along, people would say, oh, you and Susan should do a reality series. And we heard that so many times and we, you know, always ignored it. And then the podcast thing came up and that was attractive in terms of not having to be on video. But, <laughs> you know, my thing was that I didn't want to have to interview people we didn't know. I didn't want to be like a, uh, you know, like a tour stop for people. You know, it only made sense to me if, you know, the first season it was just me and Susan talking to each other and cackling away and laughing at our, uh, experiences in the second season with interviewed people but these are people that you know we've known basically for 20 or 30 years sure. so there's a real comfort level I don't want to have to like research somebody and right. ask them right. about you know right their life so much as you know if they were people that you know lived part of the experience with us and it was really natural then it, then it works for me Love it. and all, all the people we interviewed this year we have long relationships with yeah, I love it. I love it, girls. Well, listen, okay. you guys have been so generous with your time. I mean, we've had a blast. It's been a true honor to to talk to you ladies. I mean, thank you so much for giving us the first video chat. And, uh, you know, we're going to put the link to your podcast up. And thank you so much for your time, guys. Well, thank, thank you so much. much. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Take care. Ladies. We enjoyed it. Thank you, Evelyn. Thank you, Susan. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.